You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to find your podcasts. We are part of the Buffalo Rumblings podcast family. Of course, it's the Believe podcast, Blitzed Bills, the Buffalo Rumblings Q&A, Breaking Buffalo Rumblings, Circling the Wagons, and the Nick and Nolan Show. Here on the Believe podcast, you are talking with John Boccasino and my great co-host Jamie D'Amico joining us on the program tonight. We are getting ready to discuss uh, some key aspects of the Buffalo Bills heading into week two of the preseason. The Bills and Carolina Panthers have been engaged in some spirited scrimmages and uh, joint practices for much of the week. They will put all of that to good use on Friday night with week two of the preseason schedule. And uh, Jamie, it's I, I love when uh, when we have these teams getting together and they do these inner squad practices. It's nice to hit somebody that's not wearing your color jersey. You get a chance. And of course, we know the Bills and Panthers have a, a long history, you know, with Sean McDermott and his connection and the Bills seeming to scoop up almost every single former Panther that comes across the waiver wire. I think it's pretty cool to uh, to be doing these types of uh, joint practices. It kind of keeps it fresh and intriguing at a point of the summer where, you know, things can get a little bit, uh, bit stale when you're hitting the same teammates over and over again. I think it's also great in the sense that it allows them to learn from other players. You know, going up against the same guys day in and day out, you know, you learn their idiosyncrasies. You learn how to, you know, beat the guys that you're in one-on-one battles with. This gives them a a little bit of a different flavor. And it's. I, I think that this is a great way for young players especially to to learn on the fly but not when it counts so you know these these types of uh these practices with other teams really valuable in my book and it's been great to watch uh jamie how you know ron rivera came out and said he didn't expect any fights and any chippy play and you know if there were fights or skirmishes we probably would have heard about it on social media there was nothing that came across the wires or the Twitter sphere that I saw that had any sort of, you know, fights between the teams. So it's good that, yeah, they got some good, healthy competition. I think a lot of the Bills definitely benefited from going up against some of the skill players, especially on defense, because the Bills so thoroughly dominated the Colts in the first half of the uh, first preseason game to get a team against like Cam Newton, the former Pro Bowl quarterback, Christian McCaffrey, who's everybody's fantasy football darling, you know, with projections of over 2,000 yards from scrimmage this season, uh, you know, a bunch of wide receivers who are talented, including Curtis Samuel. Uh, we'll get that's actually our first topic we'll go into with uh, the Bills and Panthers doing their joint practices. 
Cam Newton uh, definitely had his way with the Bills' first teamers, especially on Wednesday's practice. He really was picking apart a lot of the Bills' key members of the secondary, and Trey White uh, really had himself some struggles for the first time this preseason. Now, granted, you can say it's just a joint practice, but I want to make a light of what happened with Trey White going up against Curtis Samuel. And on Wednesday, especially, you know, Cam Newton uh, went 14 of 19 during one of the sessions, and he was picking quite a bit on Trey White with Curtis Samuel really being the guy who was burning uh, Trey White, including for a long touchdown reception. I know it's only the, the, the preseason and only joint practices uh, for this so far with the Buffalo Bills, Jamie, but what do you make of Trey White and, and struggling a little bit for really the first time, you know, this preseason? This seems to be a, a little bit of a pattern that's developing. In his rookie season, he was outstanding. Pro Football Focus gave him a an 88 score on the season, which is near elite level. Last year, however, he kind of came back to the pack. His score from Pro Football Focus was was 61. And there were times, especially late in the year, Trey didn't seem like he was really passing the, the eyeball test. And I looked it up recently, and in six games last year, he was targeted by the opposing team six or more times, and two of those got into double digits. So I began wondering, especially considering what happened this week in practice against against the Panthers, is there something about Trey's game that um, you know that opposing teams have figured out? Because it's not going to take long in the NFL that if you have a weakness, they're going to figure out what it is and exploit it. So, is there something going on? What do you think about that? It it is there now that there's more film on Trey White. They've discovered what his weaknesses is, and maybe he's not the number one corner that we thought he was initially. What is your opinion on that? Yeah, Jamie, I think that there's some some right to be concerned a little bit about Trey White's play, but and I thought it was kind of funny that ESPN, you know, with with help from Pro Football Focus, put together an article uh, earlier this summer where they named. Trey White as the Bills bounce back candidate for 2018. And I was kind of taken aback by that because you're right. Trey had such a great rookie season grading over 90, uh, which is an outstanding mark as a corner, as a coverage corner outside of a game against uh, AJ Green. He really dominated against the number one wide receivers. And I think last year his coverage grade um, was only a 62.5. He had three games below 40, which is not a good score uh, to be receiving as a corner. But the way I look at it, the positive part of that, Trey White is the leader in passer rating against when he's in primary coverage and also allowed the fewest completion percentage to opposing quarterbacks at roughly 52% uh, since coming into the league as a rookie. And I really feel like Trey White's bound for uh, for a bounce back in the sense that you know, he's somebody who you, you can tell he, he wants to push himself to get better and he's never complacent or resting on his laurels. You always hear Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott talk about Trey White really pushing himself and wanting to be a student of the game. So I feel like, you know, this year, especially what's happening in the preseason and in practice with the Panthers, I think everybody's ha- due to have a bad day every now and then. And I'm not too worried at all about Trey White, especially when you look at some of the numbers out there. You know, last year, 
um, when you look at his stats out there, they weren't terrible at all. I mean, he gave up only 33 receptions for 386 yards and two touchdowns on 66 targets. So roughly half the time that the quarterback was going at him, he did give up a reception, but only for 10 yards a catch, only two touchdowns that he gave up compared to his rookie season when he gave up three touchdowns and allowed 600 yards on 41 receptions. Um, The target catch ratio was the same, roughly 50% his rookie year versus sophomore year. But to me, I kind of feel like uh, Trey White's going to be fine. He's the constant. He's the rock on the outside. And as long as Kevin Johnson uh, steps up or Levi Wallace has a a, a follow-up year that matches what his rookie year was, I think the Bills should be fine in the cornerback position. If you remember a number of years ago when Buffalo selected Ronald Darby in the draft and he came in and was playing under Rex Ryan, he looked absolutely horrible in the preseason. And Rex Ryan kept saying, yep, you know what? He's a good player, but we're we're doing him, we're giving him a trial by fire here because they weren't giving him any help. They were just lining him up with receivers and say, go cover him. That's probably what's going on in this practice. They're probably not giving Trey White too much help. They've got him working on some things. And, you know, when it, when the season comes around, I think he's going to be okay. I do remember the article that you were talking about. And when that was written about here, Buffalo Rumblings, people came out with their pitchforks in the comments section. They did not want to hear anybody saying anything negative about Trey Davius White. He's our boy, of course. And that guy's a pro bowler. Um, he's got that kind of talent and I'm not concerned. You know, Jamie, I'll give you a prediction. And I, I love the fact that, you know, you brought up the comment section and Bill's fans defend, you know, their players and Trey white has so soundly embraced Western New York. You know, you have those classic images from the Snowvertime game against the Colts two years ago, where he's doing all sorts of dances and jigs and he's doing snow angels. And he really, for being a guy who went to LSU has really embraced, you know, the Northern philosophy of being up here playing for the Buffalo bills in a cold weather city. I predict that no matter how much Trey White plays against Curtis Samuel Friday night, I think he's going to have a good game. Maybe Samuel gets a catch, but I could see him really taking an opportunity because I feel like Trey White's somebody that hears some of the noise. He might read some of the articles or hear that people are saying he had a rough day against Curtis Samuel. And if those two are matched up one-on-one Friday night, I will predict that Trey White gets the better of that matchup nine out of ten times. I like it. I I, I hope that's uh, in fact the case, and I hope he carries that momentum over to the season. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Now, somebody, uh, Jamie, who really has been torching the opposing defense this year during the preseason, and his stats didn't bear it out against the Colts, but he, you watched and you looked on Twitter earlier this week Cole Beasley's name was trending because the wide receiver, the slot receiver, the Bills signed away from the Cowboys was having an unworldly performance in these joint practices. And again, I want to slow myself. They're just joint practices. They're not real games. They're not even preseason games. But you know these guys are competitors. They want to put on a show. I was really impressed with what Cole Beasley was able to do against the Carolina Panthers uh, starting cornerbacks during their joint practices. And to me, I'm so excited to see what Cole Beasley will bring to the table this year for the Buffalo Bills. I think that his confidence teamed up with the chip on his shoulders, his great route running ability, and his outstanding hands are really going to give uh, a safety valve and a safety blanket for Josh Allen uh, when it comes to finding a receiver open downfield. And especially when you looked at what happened again on this Wednesday practice, you know, Josh Allen found Cole Beasley in stride three times, two more passes to John Brown for a first down, really converting these key downs, um, third downs into first downs against the Panthers. And that really sparked Allen onto a great performance himself, where I believe he completed 11 out of 13 passes, again, during joint practices. But Cole Beasley was the straw that stirred the drink, to quote the old Reggie Jackson phrase, and made the Bills offense run. And to me, Jamie, I'm stoked to see what Cole Beasley will bring to the table for this year, because to me, I think the sky's the limit. You know, the the slot receiver was really a missing element in the past few years for the Bills. With Brian Dable, who comes from the Patriots coaching tree, they really like using the underneath receivers in the crossing routes. And we're starting to see that so far this preseason, really now that they have the right guy in that position in Cole Beasley. And not only is he a good player, it seems, a guy who can get himself open, but it seems like it's been schemed very well. There was an article this week in The Athletic where Beasley basically just raved about Brian Dable's offense and Dable's willingness to take on new concepts and think about new and improved ways of getting players open downfield. I think that you're probably looking at a guy, and we've talked about this before, this is going to be the guy who moves the chains for the Bills. When they need a big reception, you're going to see him come zipping across the middle, taking that short pass, turning it into that 10, that 12 yards that the team needs in order to keep drives alive and to move up and down the field. This is exactly the kind of guy I think this offense needs. Now, if they can just find a tight end that can stay healthy and on the field, we may be looking at a lot of weapons. And, you know, what this does, it gives Josh Allen all the capital that he needs to really get out on the field and show his best side. And and his best side definitely has come out so far, at least again during this week of joint practices in South Carolina. There was a great quote from that article that uh, Jamie D'Amico was referencing here on Believe a Buffalo Bills fan podcast where Cole Beasley was talking about the, the importance of getting on the same page with Josh Allen and breaking his routes in a precise manner so Josh can hit him in stride to not only make the catch, but catch and turn up field and gain extra yards after the catch. And Cole's quote that really impressed me was he goes, he, Josh Allen, is anticipating. I came out of one break today and the ball got on me so fast I almost wasn't even expecting it. 
And those are over short and the intermediate routes. You know, everybody knows Josh Allen has a cannon of an arm. He can throw the ball out of the stadium if he wanted to. That's not going to get any first downs or touchdowns for the Bills. Having the precision on the short and intermediate passing routes is going to lead this offense to great success this year. And I think that you can make a lot of the fact that Cole Beasley is a big reason for that because the dude can break ankles when he's running his routes. He's a good route runner. He still has, again, that motivation to prove the doubters wrong. And I'm so happy that he's in Western New York playing for the Buffalo Bills this year. I think that John uh, Cole Beasley rather is going to open up so many things. There's been reporters from around the country who have been saying that, you know, Beasley's putting everybody in their place. Beasley's getting separation. He always seems to be open. If you have that slot receiver who's getting open, that just makes things that much more dangerous and vulnerable when you've got the deep speedsters like your John Browns really stretching the field and and seeing what Zay Jones can do too. So to me, again, it's early. It's only preseason. But I really feel like Cole Beasley is somebody who is bound to make a mark on this Buffalo Bills squad. And, and you're right, uh, Jamie, the, the Brian Dable stuff, I thought it was fascinating that he turned to uh, June Jones to get a play to implement in their offense that really seemed to uh, to carry the day with getting this offense moving forward. And the fact that Dable is opening up the offense more and more, that's got to be very exciting for Bills fans. And for those who don't know June Jones, he's been around football for decades upon decades. In fact, he was one of the uh, the first people to usher in the run-and-shoot offense back in the late 80s. And he coached Cole Beasley at SMU. And as part of the story that we were just discussing, um, Cole Beasley had a concept that he told Brian Dable about, but he said that he wanted him to get in touch with June Jones so he could really get a full understanding of what was going on. And to his credit, Dable hopped to it because, I mean, the guy obviously wants to make this team as good as he can. I, I like what's going on there. It seems like there's a really good working relationship. And, you know, it's a long season. These guys spend a lot of time together. The better they like each other, usually the better the team performs. Not always, but I, I think that that's a really good sign. I think, Jamie, you're right, and I feel like you can just tell this team, and you mentioned it during the last episode of the Bill Eve podcast, but the camaraderie, the team spirit, the bonding over this team, these guys really genuinely seem to enjoy being around each other, epitomized by the celebrations for Christian Wade after a 65-yard touchdown run against the Colts in week one of the preseason. You love to see the guys fighting for each other and really going to battle to make sure that they achieve success on the field. I think it's going to be a a positive sign to see the bills have that team spirit and camaraderie early on, because a lot of times, you know, in the past, the bills would be known as the bickering bills, or they'd have egos and prima donnas that stood out. And if the bills have that humble approach and humble attitude, it's going to serve them well uh, moving forward in the 2019 season. One area that bills fans expect the bills to dominate is that defensive line led by Jerry Hughes, Uh, We saw during week one that some unknown players like Daryl Johnson had a huge performance. Uh, Shaq Lawson and Eddie Yarbrough also contributed to the defensive line. The Bills got after the quarterbacks for the Colts, whether Jacoby Brissett or uh, Philip Walker, whoever it was under center, they really had their way with the Colts offensive line. And the Bills have a dearth of defensive ends and defensive tackles on this roster that are fighting to make a name for themselves. There was some news earlier this week, Jamie, about the Bills potentially being linked to a former uh, number one overall pick in the draft and possibly trading for this talented edge rusher. And if you didn't hear it, there were some 
Twitter trolls and spam accounts that were trying to get some traction for the Bills trading for Jadavian Clowney, again, the number one former overall pick out of the Houston Texans, who has been given the franchise tag, which he has not signed as of yet, meaning that teams can express interest in working out a trade for the talented edge rusher. I know for about five minutes, Jamie, the Twitter sphere was all a flutter over the rumors that Buffalo had completed a trade or was seriously interested in a trade for Clowney. Apparently, those are shot down pretty quickly. Some of the professional reporters out there, like Tim Graham of The Athletic, said that there was nothing to the trade rumors. So for right now, it appears that Jadavion Clowney is still a player who has not signed his franchise tag and will not be coming to Western New York. But I want to play the hypothetical, Jamie. If a trade had been worked out, some people were linking Deion Dawkins, some people were linking Ty and Shecky or other offensive line help to send to the Texans, which of course it would take more than just in Shecky to pry away Clowney. But what would your reaction have been if Buffalo had actually been interested in acquiring the services of Jadavion Clowney? I have always been one to assume that he's overrated, that he pretty much made a career on one big hit in college. And then I started looking into the statistics and I started finding that he pretty much trumps all of the Bills defensive linemen in every defensive category, whether it be quarterback hits, pressures, tackles, tackles for losses. He's superior to even Jerry Hughes, who is a very good player. So if Buffalo could land a player like that, you absolutely want that. Unfortunately, you're looking at a player who has a $16 million salary this season to uh, to put the franchise tag on him again next year would make him one of the highest paid players in football, or at least highest defensive players. I don't know how much I would like that and because of the amount of compensation that would have to be given up for a player like this. Now, what do you give up? Well, can you say Antonio Brown as a template for it? You're looking at two draft picks, a middle and later round pick. I can't even imagine giving up that much for a player you don't know is going to be back again next season. And the fact of the matter is, because the negotiation window has closed for the Texans, it is past July and NFL rules, a franchised player has to play out the season at that franchise tag rate can't sign an extension. Well, that would apply even if he was traded to the Bills. So you can't even sign him to an extension so you would fully know what you're getting on the back end of that deal. I can't see making that trade unless you're giving up very, very little when it comes to assets. A mid-round pick is about all I'd be willing to do, and I just don't think you can get this player for that because the Texans, they were an 11-win team last year. They plan on making the playoff again this year. They're not going to just give up a player like that. Is he going to sit out the season? Well, you know what? That would be about a million dollars a game he'd be giving up. And most people, they're not willing to walk away from that kind of money. Yeah, we saw it with Le'Veon Bell, but that was an anomaly. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Jamie. I don't think the price is right for a trade to get Jadavian Clowney, especially because, like you said, he'd only be under the contract of the franchise tag for this year, and you can't get a long-term agreement worked out with him. So as great as it would be to have Star Latua lay the awesome 
clogger of the middle of the lane on the defensive line with Ed Oliver and Shaq Lawson and Trent Murphy and Jerry Hughes and Jadavion Clowney forming a formidable edge rush uh, unit for the Buffalo Bills. I just don't see that happening. Um, I think this is just a case where some Twitter quasi-journalists wanted to uh, make a name for themselves. It did catch the attention of Stevie Johnson's podcast, uh, retweeting that the Bills were, quote, closing in on Clowney, but those rumors have proven to be all that just being a rumor and no substance to it. So I think Bills fans should not hold their breath over Buffalo making a big trade for Jadavion Clowney. Speaking of former Buffalo Bills being Stevie Johnson, who uh, is involved with the Why So Serious podcast, who was the one that had tweeted out about the Bills and Jadavia and Clowney trade rumors. There's another former Buffalo Bill who's in the headlines for all the wrong reasons recently. He was a fan favorite. Uh, Roscoe Parrish, uh, who is a wide receiver and special team standout for the Bills. Don't want to spend too much time on this negative story, but there's a lesson to be learned out here. Uh, Roscoe Parrish was arrested in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, uh, basically, as you know, domestic violence incidents, some stalking charges that have come down against him. Uh, it's pretty serious. These charges that are facing the former Buffalo Bill and Jamie. It's always disheartening when you see someone go through some legal troubles, like what Richie Incognito had to go through, uh, like what Roscoe Parrish is facing in Florida. And you wish the players the best once they leave Buffalo. But to me, this is kind of a a case where you know Parrish has a uh, you know has some real issues to work through because stalking is a very serious charge and and something that uh hopefully he gets the help for the problem that he's going through. He even threatened the life of his ex's daughter, and this is a woman that brought him over a year ago. So here's our here's our public service announcement um, for for the Believe podcast. And I know John Boccasino can't relate to this because he's never experienced being rejected before. But if a woman rejects you, go away. Get yourself a hobby. Don't stalk her. Don't threaten her children. Find something better to do with your time. Roscoe, uh, he's going to spend some time in jail for this and deservedly so. I wish we had better luck with, uh, with alumni. You know, Jamie, I appreciate your uh, you're giving me the benefit of the doubt of never having been rejected. But sadly, there were many, many times where I found myself on the end of uh, the love advances being unrequited. All joking aside, it's a very serious matter. And uh, again, hopefully he learns a lesson from this. Definitely a tough way for a former but and a fan favorite too. Roscoe is one of those diminutive little players out there who uh, could be electric and electrifying with his play. And unfortunately, uh, he uh, is uh, going through some tough times right now with this whole stalking incident. We've kind of had a, a fun time so far uh, this podcast talking about a bunch of really interesting topics for the Buffalo Bills, including Trey White and his bounce back ability, Cole Beasley and what a beast he's going to be this season for the Buffalo Bills, and of course the Jadavian Clowney trade rumors as well. We want to encourage all of our fans to become subscribers of this podcast, and you can find us again searching into your podcast platform, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Stitcher or Spotify or even iHeartRadio or Megaphone. Search for the Buffalo Rumblings podcast, and you will find Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast on there. You can also follow us on social media at Buff, B-U-F-F, Rumblings. You can follow Jamie D'Amico at the Jamie D'Amico on Twitter. And myself, I'm at John, B-O-C-C-A-C, 
I-N-O. For my esteemed colleague, Jamie D'Amico, here on the Bill Leaf Podcast, we are signing off. We'll talk more Buffalo Bills football with you next week. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.